were with him uh, on this ship that's been in the storm for two weeks. No hope uh, because they don't even know where they are. Uh, they've thrown everything overboard, haven't even eaten. Um, but Paul said that an angel had told him not to be afraid that not only would he stand before Caesar, but God was going to save the lives of all the people that were with him. It's a good thing to be with Paul on a ship. And that they would end up running aground on a certain island. Of course, they didn't even know where they were. wouldn't have any idea what island might be around. The chances of finding an island in the open sea like this are pretty slim anyway. But that's what the angel has told Paul. Any questions or comments to that point? All right, 27 to 38. But when the fourteenth night had come, as we were being driven about in the Adriatic Sea, about midnight, the sailors began to surmise that they were approaching some land. <clears throat> and they took soundings and found it to be 20 fathoms. And a little farther on, they took another sounding and found it to be 15 fathoms. And fearing that we might run aground somewhere on the rocks, they cast four anchors from the stern and wished for daybreak. And as the sailors were trying to escape from the ship and had let down the ship's boat into the sea, on the pretense of intending to lay out anchors from the bow, Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, Unless these men remain in the ship, you yourselves cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the ship's boat and let it fall away. And until the day was about to dawn, Paul was encouraging them all to take some food, saying, Today is the fourteenth uh, day that you have been constantly watching and going without eating, having taken nothing. Therefore I encourage you to take some food, for this is for your preservation, for not a hair from your head of any of you shall perish. And having said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of all, and he broke it and began to eat. And all of them were encouraged, and they themselves also took food. Uh, and all, the sh all of us in the ship were 276 persons. And when they had eaten enough, they began to lighten the ship by throwing out the wheat into the sea. Okay. Two weeks into this, they can tell they're approaching some land. How can they tell that? The waves have changed. Yes. And then they took soundings to confirm it. You know what a sounding is? Mm, sort of. I don't know how they do this when you see how close you are, how close the bottom of your boat is to ground underneath the ocean, right? Yeah, how deep the uh, ocean is right there. Uh, I think they probably put some kind of weighted something into the uh, ocean and, you know, see when it hits the bottom and how, how much length of it there was or whatever. I don't know exactly how they did it either, but something along that line. And, and it's getting shallower. So that must mean they're getting closer to something. <laughs> then it's getting uh, shallower. They, they take soundings 20 fathoms and then a little farther on it's only 15 fathoms. And uh, that's good news in a way that they're getting closer to land. How much is a fathom? I don't even know. Anybody, anyone fathom a fathom? Anybody got like the... Yeah, I think <clears throat> I should have it. Keep talking if I find the fathom it. is like six feet. Okay, so six about feet. About 120 feet and about 90 feet. Okay. Um, but what is the, what's the danger in approaching land? Running into it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, what happens if, say, you get uh, run into a rock and it, it damages the boat, you run into a sandbar or something that sticks the boat, and it starts being battered in the waves and the winds and so forth. It, it's dangerous to be that close to the land, so they, uh, 
you know, want to put down the anchors uh, so that uh, that kind of uh, keeps them from getting any closer to the land until they break. And, but this is still a pretty dangerous situation. And what do the sailors start to do? They were going to take off. They were going to take off in... The lifeboat. The lifeboat. Now what does that tell you about the sailors? They think the ship's going down. Yeah, and they are very selfish, selfish cowardly, non-heroic, non-professional. What should the sailors do? Be the last ones off. That's exactly right. You know, you see to the safety of the passengers before you preserve yourself. That would be the uh, idea of a gallant sailor. These guys are ungallant, and they're about to escape in the life. But what uh, would that? Uh, what would the consequences of that perhaps be? Because. Yeah, they don't. Uh, you know, these are the guys who actually know what to do with the ship. They're getting close to land. They need these guys on board. So, what does Paul tell the centurion? Yeah, Paul obviously has the wisdom to recognize what they're really doing. The pretense they had was they were trying to lay the anchors from the bow, but Paul recognized, no, they're about to get in this lifeboat and, and go off. And so Paul tells the centurion, these guys have got to stay on the ship. We're going to be saved. And so what did the centurion do? Cut the boat loose. <laughs> I guess that kept her from getting on. <laughs> I guess they weren't in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they weren't. I don't know if that was the wisest thing to do, but at least it kept those sailors on board from here on out. Uh, however wise or foolish that may have been. Uh, and uh, But there's something in this that I think ought to bother us. Does anything bother you about this story? Look at verse 24. Then look at verse 31. Something bother you there? Doesn't bother me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you talk. Some people would say that, well, Paul, you shouldn't let him go. His Lord would have still provided you with the way he sees you. Well, what did the what did the Lord told Paul? He going to be saved. And Paul says, if they don't stay on the boat, we won't be saved. God did say it was those that were sailing with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, but what he says is, unless these men stay in the ship, you yourselves cannot be saved. We're going to be goners if they don't stay in the ship. But God had said that all of them would be protected with Paul. So does it seem like Paul just didn't trust the Lord in this one? To preserve all the men on the ship with him? He's just not stupid. He's just not going to let it. But isn't that a lack of trust and faith when God said he was going to do this? 
You see the issue? I mean, to me it's like, it's kind of like Matthew 6, where you're talking about, don't worry, I'll provide you, you know, you, you're, don't worry about tomorrow, what you're going to eat or drink, or what you're going to wear, I'll provide you with that. Well, it doesn't mean to sit there naked and hungry and say, you know what I need, you know, you go and do what you should do, and you pull it together and get it. I think that's exactly right. And I think that's an important lesson for us to learn from this. When God makes a promise to us, we can trust God, we can trust the promise, but it does not mean that we are supposed to be passive and not do anything to further the promise to occur. When, when God says... You know, I'll give you your daily bread. We don't say, oh, well, I wouldn't want to work because, I, I, you know, it's God that's going to give it to me. Well, yeah, how is God going to give it to you? Did anybody on board the boat perish, on the ship perish? No. Was what God said true? Yes. But how was it true? Through Paul and the centurion having wisdom enough to know that they couldn't get off that boat. You know, don't think because God's made a promise that you're just supposed to be passive and that rules out things for you to do. It doesn't. But people think it does. People think, well, God's involved in this, so I'm not supposed to do anything. That's really not the case. And, and I think that's a, a mistake people make. I think this is a great illustration. You know, I don't think we're supposed to necessarily just sit back and say, well... You know, it must be God's will. No, we need to get involved and, you know, act wisely and constructively in the situations. Do you ever come at a question about that or things through verse 32? Uh, so, skip is just that extra boat. Yeah. That skip? Okay. yeah, like a lifeboat. Okay. <coughs> and so, Paul encourages them to do what uh, prior to daybreak? Why? Yeah. You know, it probably needs some strength, too, for what they're going to be doing over these next few hours. It's going to be better for them to eat, and finally Paul gets them to do that. And how many of them do we find out are on board this ship? 226. <clears throat> Did you realize that? This is not a little, uh, you know, canoe or something. It's a cruise ship. <laughs> yeah, really, in that day and time. It was it was a big big ship. That was a lot of people. Uh, that's a lot of people all to be saved. You know, you'd think out of that, you're going to lose some of them. <coughs> and then once they've eaten enough, then they lighten the boat even more, throw the rest of the weed off. We want the boat as light in the water as possible, trying not to let it run aground before it comes into some sort of a semblance of a harbor. All right, comments and questions through verse 38. I guess at this point, they have, uh, maybe I just missed it, but has the storm actually stopped? Um, I wouldn't have necessarily interpreted it that way, no. Okay. I didn't know, I was just curious. It's raining pretty hard on the island. We'll find that out. Yeah. I'm assuming that's from the storm. I mean, it's just being buffeted and pushed in every which way. Yeah. It's like they're just riding straight with no wind and there's sun... Seagulls. Yeah. yeah. I don't know about the seagulls. But. Seagulls. Well, that's what I picture. Like, picture, like, when you're, like, I guess I've read too many books where you're the boat's sitting there, and there's no wind. They're just sitting there still 
completely still in the water and not going anywhere. Uh, that doesn't seem to be the way it is here. No, I know. I'm just saying there's, the storm's still going on around them. Uh, as far as I know. So they didn't, they, unless I misread it, they, at this point, they hadn't eaten anything in two weeks? Yeah, that's Those right. two weeks they didn't, they didn't eat nothing? Yeah, because they were scared. I mean, you know, verse 21, they'd gone a long time without food. Uh, I mean, you know, I bet it was even not, I don't know. I mean, if they're in the middle of a storm on a boat, what's going to happen if you eat? I'm going to get sick. Yeah, you're going to get sick. Hmm. I, I can imagine, that would be horrible. So you're scared. Yeah, you're, you know, you're, you figure you're not going to live anyway. You know, you're seasick. You're green. You know. Hmm. Hmm. I doubt that the sailors would have been. I don't know about the rest of the people. Yeah. Well, that's right. You got 276 people. We're not mostly sailors on here, so the sailors may have been more adapted to. It. All right. Other questions or comments through 38. Shouldn't have a lot of trust in the ball, then. or else he's a good talker. <laughs> what are the choices I have? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You know, it's about the only hope there is at the moment. Well, I don't care who talks or what, who, or what he says. If I'm going to pee my guts after I eat this food, I'm not going to eat it. Well, they know they're about to get into land. They hope. <laughs> so when, when he writes... In 37, uh, we, that Luke's just saying he's with them, right? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. It's just the natural way you write right, right. when you're a part of the story. Okay. All right, 39 to 44. Uh, when it was day, they did not recognize the land, but they observed a bay with a beach, uh, onto which they planned to run the ship, if possible. And they let go of the anchors and left them in the sea. Meanwhile, losing the uh, losing the rudder, losing the rudder ropes, and they hoisted the mainsail to the wind and made for shore. But striking a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground, and the prow stuck fast and remained immovable. But the stern was being broken up by the violence of the waves, and the soldiers' plan was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim away and escape. But the centurion uh, wanted wanting to save Paul kept from kept them from their purpose and commanded that those who could swim should jump overboard first and get to land and the rest some on boards and uh, some on parts of the ship and so it was that they all escaped safely to land okay it's day they don't know what land this is but they see a bay with a beach they're going to try to get there if they can they grab the anchors pull them up and uh, they try to use the foresail uh, to get uh, the wind to drive them toward the beach, and they're going pretty good when what happens? Hit a reef. Yeah, and the boat sticks. And that's a problem, because with the force of the waves, the boat's starting to get battered and beaten and broken, and... You know, the boat doesn't have the strength to withstand the battering of the waves. And so what are we going to do? It's not going to do, it's not going to work to just try to stay on board this ship. And so the idea would be, you know, get to land, you know, jump off, grab onto something or swim. But what do the soldiers decide to do first? Kill the prisoners. Kill the prisoners. Why would they want to do that? 
<laughs> that, that's it, kind of funny here. You know, where were they going to go? <laughs> you know, but that's what they were thinking. I mean, no, execute the prisoners. We don't need them. You know, we don't want them to escape. Do you realize how close a call Paul has again? You know, I mean, when it seems like maybe they're going to make it, then he might get executed by this uh, impetuous plan of the soldiers. And, and who stops the soldiers from doing it? Yeah, who like Paul, of all things, and so he keeps them from doing that, and he tells them all to get to land if they can, and all 276 get to land safely. What are the chances of that happening? An amazing story. I mean, wow, Paul just has narrow escape after narrow escape. Comments and questions. Cameron. Um, in verse 39, it says that they cannot recognize the land. Does that mean that uh, Luke either died during the night or <laughs> he could recognize the land? Well, you wouldn't think Luke could recognize the land. You know, who would you expect could recognize the land? The sailors. And perhaps if there were some who had traveled the Mediterranean, you know, Luke's never been, I don't suppose, that far in the Mediterranean. Nobody thinks he would recognize. But, but when they're, you know, these guys that are, that are doing all this, you know, these would be the, the sailors and, and the leaders. You know, it says in verse 38, when they'd eaten enough, they began to lighten the ship. When they came, they couldn't recognize. Uh, they left the anchors and so forth. Uh, and so he, he writes more in the third person. You know, mostly thinking about, uh, you know, everybody else, and not necessarily including himself in that. If you look at uh, verse, chapter uh, 28, verse 1, when they had been brought safely through, then we found out that the island was called Malta. So sometimes when Luke is telling the story, he's telling it more about what some others were doing, and he wasn't necessarily focusing on his role in that. Good yeah, question. like like Eden, thirty-eight. Yeah, but he's thinking about the ones who are taking care of the ship. That's who he's really focusing on. I imagine Luke eight too, but that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about those guys. Other questions or comments through verse forty-four. When, uh, I'm sorry, if I can back up to 24 real quick. When, when, when it says that God has granted you all those who sell it, does the granting mean that they're all going to, that, was that saying that God was going to have them all alive at the end? That'd be the idea of the granting of Okay, I just want to make sure. Yes. So. Okay. So it's really not weird for us to think that they all made it. Like. No, but it would be weird from a human perspective. And this shows okay, the hand of God. Right. Yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah, very much. Okay. I mean, you know, from a human perspective, you wouldn't expect it. From right. the fact that God said that was what mm -hmm. was going to happen, then we knew that was what was going to happen. Okay, that makes sense. We kind of know the end of the story before, you know, <clears throat> read this. But. Oh, and they didn't pull in the anchors. They didn't? They left them in the sea. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, what did they do when they cast off the anchors? What does that mean? They, oh, they okay. I see. They just they unhooked just them. Unhooked them. Okay. Left them. That makes sense. Yeah, that's a better. 
and <laughs> there can't be much left on this boat. <laughs> You're right. They ate, and then they threw the rest of the food over. You're right, yeah. And this debunks the whole theory of not swimming on a full stomach. <laughs> yeah, I doubt they went in 30 minutes. <laughs> you have to do that? Is that what they say? That's not. <laughs> Never swim on a full stomach. Paul says, eat up, we're going swimming. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what they say in Brazil, almost universally, that if you drink things that are cold, it makes you sick. It gives you a sore throat. And throat really? Mm -hmm. People will get a cold or they get a scratchy throat. I knew I shouldn't have drunk that cold drink. <laughs> I've never heard of that. They all say that. That is like, it's like an understood thing. And we yeah. laugh at that, yet we say, here, if you go outside when it's cold, you'll get a cold. Yeah, exactly. We have our same myths. Huh. They don't seem strange to us. It's other people's that seem strange. Yeah. Next time you say, you know what they say in Brazil, you should just say in Portuguese, because that's how they talk. Really <laughs> you know what they say? <laughs> <laughs> just say in Portuguese. Well, yeah, but I was hoping to communicate the idea. <laughs> Brian could translate for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, other thoughts? Say. Yeah, you know, I have to admit, it is pretty cool to read this. And, and of course, the author acts as the completely only basis before, but Luke is so detailed. Yes, he is. I mean, incredibly so. It, it, I, maybe, I'm, maybe I've got uh, the wrong picture of this, but it doesn't seem like he went to the, to the, the captain or to the sailors and go, now, now, what just happened? Okay, you, you did this first, and he seemed to understand it. Right. He seemed to know what he was doing. He's kind of living it with him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and I can't think of any book of the Bible that's, that is that detailed. And the fact that, I mean, mm -hmm. I would think they ran aground, you know, they, the ship wrecked, and they jumped off and swam. But he goes into detailed step-by-step mm -hmm. -step processes. How they get off the ship? <laughs> you know, I mean, like you write in a book or something. It's just amazing how detailed it is. Mm -hmm. He was there. I bet these sailors weren't too fond of Paul. He originally told them not to go, and they're the sailors, and he said not to. And then when they get in the storm, he says, I told you so. Then they start to leave the boat, and he has them. <laughs> he stops them, and they cut away their lifeboat. And <laughs> I hadn't thought about it that way, but you're right. He's running the ship anyway. <laughs> I bet it was everybody's name. <laughs> in the fire, it was the pit. It was oh, okay. That's right. I was trying to figure out what you put up by that. I'm a little closer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you're, you're jumping ahead here. I was wondering.